Hi, my friends, and welcome to Coach Boss Energy. This is the podcast for new and aspiring coaches who are ready to level up in their business and lean into their authority as a badass coach and CEO. I'm your host, Lindsay Sacco, your pocket-sized MBA with five years of consulting and coaching experience, and I'm ready to get real and raw about it all. From launching a coaching business that's set up to scale to growing your business to those shiny, consistent 10K months and beyond, I'm sharing everything. So cozy in and let's get to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Boss Energy Podcast. I am like really giddy over here because I am staring at one of my, I think my first ever business bestie, I'm pretty sure. Uh, that I made at the very start of my entrepreneurial journey. And I literally cannot wait to introduce her, but I'm going to tease for a couple more seconds because I really want to give you a quick rundown of what we're talking about today in today's episode. So I talk to a lot of new coaches and the biggest questions that I get frequently are, how do I get clients consistently? How do I build my audience? How do I stand out in a super saturated sea of coaches? Which this question comes up all the time. Like there are so many coaches out there. How do I stand out? How do I attract the people that I want into my community and make my own stamp on the coaching world so I can help more people and really create a bigger impact? And while there are tons of angles that I can take to approach that question and give you a really good answer, today I want to focus on one of the most meaningful things that you can do for your business, which is honestly crafting a magnetic message so that you can make more money and more impact. And when I knew that I wanted to talk about this, the first person I thought of was Audrey Whalen, one of my closest business besties now. And... Aside from being one of probably the brightest balls of sunshine on the internet, Audrey helps female service providers make more money and impact with personality-packed copy and images. And you guys, Audrey is a natural hype woman. I mean, she's definitely one of my hype women, but I also know that she does the same for her clients. I see her all the time posting, 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 hyping up the people that she works with because she only works with the baddest people in the world. And She's a beast, a creative jack of all trades, and has so much wisdom when it comes to truly magnetic messages. So you guys are going to get, like, you guys are in for a treat today. This is going to be great. And one of my absolute favorite things about Audrey, which I didn't tell her I was going to say, but I'm going to say, is that she truly knows how to build a business that reflects who she is from the inside out. And to me, showing up transparently, excuse me, and really serving as a role model for what it looks like to run a business to protect your mental and your physical health versus, you know, leaning into the toxic productivity and the burnout culture, which I just think way too many online businesses lean into. To me, that's like the ultimate role model for this 2021 modern business. So, but I'm going to pause and stop talking at you and say, hello, Audrey. I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And also you're the sweetest. Oh yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) you honestly hit the nail on the head and then some um I am just super passionate about what I do I really love helping people show up to be seen for who they are and make waves in the process so good I mean honestly at the end of the day I feel like if you're if you're if you're not in this business to do good with business like why are you here (laughs) if you're not here to use your dollar to make an impact I'm sorry, but I'm not here for you. I'm not, you're not, you're not in my circle. Right. And I think even just like to that point, I, I love that that's 
the dynamic of like the online space. I love that everyone is out here, yeah, to make boatloads of money, but also to make boatloads of impact and really help people in the process. And um, magnetic messaging is a great way to start making that happen. The thing that I love that you just said too is that you can do both at the same time. Like you do not have to sacrifice kicking ass in your business, booking out consistently, and making tons and tons of money, whatever your revenue goal is, whatever tons and tons of money looks like for you, and also make a huge impact and do it the right way. Do it in a way that feels an integrity to you, but also while serving so many people and doing it really genuinely and authentically. And I think the challenge a lot of times when it comes to copy, when it comes to sales, is that a lot of times we feel like we have to, it's like an either or. Either we have to feel really salesy, either we have to you know, put ourselves out there in ways that make us uncomfortable, or we're not going to have copy that's actually going to convert to sell. And I love that you like completely blow that out of the water. And I think a lot more people are leaning into this now in the online space, but you show up really authentically in all of your copy, right? In this, in the stuff that when you're promoting your business and in the stuff where it's just like, Hey guys, I want to talk about like mental health today. And that's awesome. Like it doesn't have to be an either or situation, which is so important. And I think too often when we come into business, we forget that part of our business is ourselves, our full selves and bringing that to the table. Yeah, I think you're entirely right. And I love that you said it doesn't have to be either or because it doesn't like business today looks completely different than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago. And our generation is truly shaping what it means to be in business now. And because we're taking the reins, we are making it what we want it to be, which is ourselves showing up to do what we love to do, to help other people, um, and to live the lives that we want to live. And I think that all of that combined just makes for a really interesting like online space dynamic when it comes to the kinds of businesses that are um, out there in the world right now. Yeah, I love that. That's exactly how I feel. And I think a lot of times uh, the, the feedback that we get comes from people who are older than us, people who have done this before and maybe haven't done it the same way. I know you and I have had this conversation many times about other people in our lives who have influenced us or maybe told us like, hey, maybe you shouldn't post that or maybe you should. Uh, maybe you should have said it this way. And you and I, you know, showing up just like, I'm going to swear if I want to. I'm, I'm going to put, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're part of your brand is to swear, if part of your brand is to talk about mental health, if part of your brand is to be honest about like your love life, if you're a sex coach and you're not talking about your own personal love life, like all of these things are so important to inject into your copy because at the end of the day, your message, which I'm going to define some, some things before we jump into like the actual meat of this, but your message is how you portray your brand and your offers. So that's, that's actually a good segue. Let me just like level set for everyone listening. What the hell does messaging even mean? <laughs> and maybe what even, what does copy mean? Maybe you're new to the business and you don't necessarily even have a full grasp on copy. So let's level set. When I say messaging, I'm really talking about the way that you talk about your brand and your offers. And I'm also talking about really the most common way that we do this, which is through our copy. So since we're sitting down with a professional copywriter, like I really want to focus on copy. That's, that's a big way that we portray our message. But we do this also when we're showing up on video, when I'm showing up here on the podcast and I'm presenting my business 
or when Audrey's presenting her business, right? In every single aspect of everything that we do. But for the sake of this, because I get so many questions about content, content creation, website, sales pages, everything like that, I just want to go back to the, the basics and just like, let's talk about copy. What is copy? So maybe I'll put Audrey on the spot and ask Audrey to define. Audrey, what's copy? I love this. So you're right. There are a lot of misconceptions or confusions about what copy is and is not. Um, The simple way to describe it is that copy refers to any kind of messaging or writing that is used for the purpose of inspiring someone to take action. And that usually looks like um, making a purchase, making a sale or inquiring. Okay. I love that. Especially the act, the action taking part, because so often when we think about copy, we're so worried about getting like our educational aspect. We're, We're worried about just like dumping a bunch of information at the people who are reading, who are reading our message, but we're not necessarily thinking a lot of how are we going to then push them along the pipeline, give them that next step that they can take so that they know what to do with all the information that they're consuming. So I love that. I love that you're defining copy as like, that is what it is. Like if you're not doing this, it isn't copy, or at least it's not copy that's converting to to anything or serving your business. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. And we'll get into this later, but calls to action are huge, whether it's, um, and, and copy can take many forms. It can be website copy. Um, it could be sales page, copy emails, social media ads, anything like that. But at the end of the day, if it's not inspiring people who are reading it to freaking do something, then like you are missing the mark a little bit. Um, content is more, like the comparison between copy and content is content is um, less about driving the sale, less about inspiring them to take that that action, and more about just providing value or providing um, entertainment or um, teaching something new. And that's great. It's important. Um, but it isn't technically copy. Okay. I'm learning something here now. Like, ooh, this is exciting. Okay. So then if, if, if we're all – I mean, I think – you know this, I know this, I feel like I'm constantly being shoved down my throat that like content, 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 content is king, content is king, create, create, create. And I think this is a little bit of a misnomer in the sense that I think when people are saying that, they're including copy within that. So why why should we care about copy? Why is it important to kind of make that distinction between copy and content? How does copy make my content better so that I'm not just spending like hours and hours on Instagram just like you know, shooting the shit without, without any action. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. So without like effective strategic copy, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks. If without it, like, how do you expect to get your incredible business off the ground and in front of the right people? So copy allows you to communicate your offers to the right people to build connections and relationships, and ultimately to make more money and impact, which is like what we all want. Like I said, the line between content and copy is in its purpose and like what you're trying to do with it. So I think some content is copy and like some copy is content. And it's kind of like a square or a rectangle is, uh, what is that? A square is always a rectangle, but not all rectangles or squares yes I'm like staring at you like you are gonna get this we got there we got there it took us a while but we got there I love first of all I love a good spaghetti metaphor just FYI 
And I also love a good square metaphor. So you're winning my heart over already. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, um, to me, without strategic copy, you are going to be missing out on those sales. You're going to be missing out on like actually converting those followers into clients. I spend a lot of time talking to a lot of new coaches about the fact that Instagram isn't, I mean, we're not here to be influencers. If you're, if we're coaches, if we're running businesses, we're not here to be influencers. That is not the business model that we're signing up for. And if you are, if that is your business model, awesome, cool. That's, that's great. But if that isn't your business model, if the way that you make money is converting those followers into clients who are actually going to pay you for your coaching, then all of your content has to serve a purpose. So I love, Audrey, that you pulled out here that the real difference between the content and the copy is in the purpose. And when you're saying that, what goes through my mind is then I might have all of my content on Instagram be copy, be copy that converts and serves a real purpose to convert those leads, convert my followers into clients, or at least have them take that next action to warm them up and drive them along the pipeline so that they're closer and closer to feeling ready to work with me. Maybe 10% or 20%, like it depends on the kind of business you have, but maybe 10 or 20% is just like fun stuff, showing my personality, showing other things about, about my life. But this is where I get really excited for this conversation because really then the underlying questions are all strategic. It's about really asking yourself, like, what's the purpose of what we're talking about? What's the purpose of the messaging that I want to put out? And having some thought behind what those calls to action are, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit, but really understanding not just like willy-nilly throwing, you know, throwing things out there, but really having a, a, a conscious decision about what you want to talk about, who you want to talk to, and then making sure that you're directing them to the right place so that you're not just, you're not, you're, you're making sure that you're taking advantage really of the, the audience that you do have, that you've worked so hard to build, which Oftentimes, that's where I see a lot of coaches fall off, right? They're really good at putting out like super engaging educational content. They're really good at, um, you know, taking all the Instagram courses and learning how to build their Instagram. Where things start to fall off is figuring out, okay, now what? <laughs> now what do I do with all the people that I have? And how do I really make sure that my content that, they're, that they have their eyes on is doing something, aka is copy. It's copy that converts. So I love this. This is great. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And you can choose to be strategic and should choose to be strategic with everything that you put out there. Like you said, it doesn't have to all be directly salesy, but, you know, and then, and there are going to be those posts or those pieces of content that are for the purpose of just engagement. Like, I'm not trying to send you to my website to inquire with me. I just want to learn more about you. Um, and that's valuable too. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, when we're thinking about then creating copy, what are like the first things that we need to sit down and think about? Like if we're sitting down empty, empty screen in front of us, what are some of the strategic data points that we need to have in our mind before we just like brain dump? What do you do when you work with clients? Yeah. So great question. There are a few key components that are super important. Anytime you're sitting down to write, whether you're writing website copy, emails, no matter what it is, um, there are a few things you need to know. So first and foremost, and I know that you've talked about this on socials and on the podcast before, but you absolutely have to be 100,000% confident in who your ideal client is. If you don't know what she does, what, are your, what her goals and aspirations are, what her pain points are, 
um, what keeps her up at night, what, um, you know, what stresses her out, how does she describe the problem she's facing, where is she in the buyer's journey, um, you know, if you don't know all of those things, you cannot effectively communicate to her. Um, so all of those things are crucial when it comes to communicating directly to your ideal client. So that's kind of the first piece. <laughs> You're speaking my language and you know that you yes. are because this is like, I speak about this until I'm blue in the face, but I will not shut up about this. It is the core of everything that you do in your business. Most importantly, the messaging. This is where everything starts. Yes, absolutely it is. Um, the second piece is you need to be super aware of your unique value proposition and your differentiators. So what sets you apart from other coaches? Um, what about your methodology or your experiences or your background makes you different? What transformation do you help your clients achieve or like what are the benefits to working with you? So if you aren't aware of why you are better or different from the competition, then why should you expect your clients or customers to choose to work with you over someone else? I feel like the hard part, sorry, I feel like the hard part of this then, this requires you not just to be confident about who you're serving, but also to like do some mindset work and be willing to speak about yourself and like hype yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be really hard. And that kind of leads me into my third point, which is that you really need to understand yourself and your brand voice. So it's not just about, you know, Lindsay, the coach, it's about Forza Collective and what that stands for. So what kind of tone do you want to set through your words? How do you want the people reading your copy to feel? What is your why? What adjectives describe your brand and the experience clients have when working with you? Like all of these pieces come together to define your brand and your brand voice. And if you're not super clear on that, then how are you supposed to set your message apart from the crowd? Um, because at the end of the day, it's also about, you know, wanting to be recognized for your voice and having copy that reads like you is crucial to that. Absolutely. I was listening. I can't remember who I was listening to another podcast and they were mentioning, I think this was Taylor Lee. Um, she was mentioning that one of the ways that we build authority is by consistency. And this isn't just the way that we talk about consistency all the time of like post every single day, but also showing up in the same way every time you show up. And it becomes really challenging to do that when you're not really clear from the very beginning how you want to show up. And so when I'm, when I'm hearing you talk about all of this, I'm really hearing that a lot of the things that you need to sit down to write any copy like regardless if you're going to write an email or if you're going to write, you know, an Instagram caption or if you're writing your sales page, they're all the same things and they're very foundational to the point where I'm curious, like where, where do we, you know, if we're starting, if you're, if someone's listening to this, they're a new coach and they're like question mark about all of this, right? I talk a lot about the ICA stuff, but for the other stuff, where do they go to find this information? Like what do you recommend people do to like tap into that and really get more clear on what how they want to show up as a brand, and getting more consistency around understanding their brand identity. Yeah, I love this question. And there is a whole section. So every time I onboard a new client, um, I send them a really super in-depth questionnaire that has a couple different sections where we unpack all of this stuff and more. Um, and there's a whole section that's all about your brand and your brand voice. And I tend to lean more toward, especially with 
solopreneurs or service providers who are working one-on-one with clients, like you are your brand. And that doesn't mean you bring everything to the table as your business that you would as your person, but it means you can't separate, I can't separate Audrey from Audrey Whalen Creative. So one, deciding how much of yourself you want to bring to your business. And I think the more the better. Um, That's just my take on it, but I feel strongly about that. And then you get to analyze your, your voice. You get to analyze your isms, your words and phrases that you are using in everyday conversations. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but, um, it, it helps to just sit down and really, and I'm a journaler too, so that's how I process, but maybe you're a verbal process processor. Maybe you, you know, talk through this through with a, you know, biz bestie or a coach or, um, therapist, but really talking through, okay, when I work with clients or when clients read my copy or when clients engage with me online, how do I want them to feel? What words do I want to describe that experience? Is it excellence? Is it brave? Is it courageous? Is it approachable? Is it, um, you know, any of these things? Just jot down how you want your clients or your audience or community to feel. That's a really great place to start. And then kind of unpacking, like I said, your isms, like what words and phrases are in your vernacular that you're using all the time. Um, Because those can really, infusing those into your copy can really make it stand out and sound like you. So looking through DMs or text messages or voice memos, emails, asking friends and family, what words are always in your rotation? And I literally have a post-it on my desk that I keep updated with my isms. Um, And so that's a really great, great place to start. Um, And yeah, just it, part of it is just deciding what parts of myself do I want to bring to my business and what do I want my business to stand for? And kind of staking your claim and owning that and committing to it. Because like you said, if you can't decide, if you can't, you know, pinpoint exactly how you want your clients to feel or the type of experience you want to provide or the vibes that you want to put off, then you're just going to confuse people. And confused people don't buy. They just don't. Oh, it's, yeah, this is all gold, which is one of my isms, by the way. Yes, it is. (laughs) There's so much gold in that. Yes. I say that a lot. It's so funny. As you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I have plenty of those. Yeah. I want to add one thing too, and that's to your, your point that you said about, um, keeping a list of, of adjectives that describe how you want your client to feel. So something that I did when I first started my business and something that like the business world does, like I'm putting on like my MBA hat. One thing in marketing that we always talk about is like figuring out your brand essence, figuring out what your brand represents. And you can take it from the approach, right? You just said like, how do you want people to feel? You can also take it from the approach. uh, And I find these to be really good, like like combo, you know, one, two punches. How do you want your client to feel? And also how would you describe your dream client? Oftentimes those two can really marry really well into helping you figure out what you want your brand to represent. So for example, for me, I want my clients to feel emboldened. I want them to feel empowered to like take really big action and to kind of like 
feel a little audacious in what they ask for from their self, from their universe, from their business. I also want people to be brazen. I don't want to work with anyone who feels like they have to like skirt around uh, you know, other people's feelings about how successful they are, other people's feelings about how they show up in the world, in their space. I mean, obviously I want them to be like thoughtful people, but in the sense that I want, I want them to really feel unapologetic in how they, how they show up. So those two words to me, like when I think about emboldened and I think about brazen, I see how then that I reflect that or I attempt to reflect that in my copy. And of course that's another kind of little prompt that that's really helped me in kind of coming up with my words and helped me stay consistent throughout all of the things that I've done. Even if, even when I shifted my, I pivoted in my business early on. Yeah. And those two words, like, as you said them, I was like, absolutely you do, you know, absolutely. That's who you work with. Absolutely. That's the vibe you put off. Um, so yeah, sure. Maybe you're a student of copy. So am I, but you kill it with that. And I think you do a great job of communicating, you know, those, that essence to, you know, in your copy. Okay, secrets out. I actually just had Audrey on to hype me up. <laughs> yeah, well, and here I am. I'm in compliment. I'm your me. hype woman. What can I say? Um, okay, I love this. The other thing I wanted to ask you. Okay, so second thing I want to call out. I just I like to like highlight things that I really loved. The other thing I like is just this like self audit. Going back and looking at previous DMs, previous things that you post. Because sometimes I found when you're just starting your business, it might be hard for you to come up with those isms. It might be hard for you to, to just pull this out of nowhere. So my biggest advice is like, just start, (laughs) just start writing, start writing copy and then edit afterwards and use everything that you're writing. Use what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And then maybe even look at spaces that you show up a little bit less rigid and a little more comfortable and take the isms from that place. Yes. Because more likely than not, and you're nodding, I can see that you're nodding. More likely than not, that's going to actually be the real you. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the you that you show up as in the first few videos you post as like a business owner probably aren't going to reflect entirely who you are as like your true self. I know that's yeah. true for me. Yeah, absolutely. And two things to that point. One, like text the family group chat. And ask them what your isms are or like text your significant other or your best friends and ask them what words are always, you know, in the rotation. So the other thing is that it is really hard to write for yourself about yourself. And it's also, you know, it's even made even harder when you're not super clear because of lack of experience, which is fine, like everyone starts somewhere, but you're not super clear on those things. You're not super clear on what your business stands for, or, you know, maybe you haven't niched down as much as you're going to because you just don't know yet. I'm at the beginning stages of a rebrand and I am so excited to rewrite my website copy because I wrote it six or nine months ago when I had no idea what I was going to stand for in my business or I had, I thought I knew, but I didn't really, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's going to change. It's going to evolve with you. I will say that is one benefit of working with a copywriter is it's just helpful. It's the same way, you know, as it is working with a coach, it helps to just get someone else's perspective. It helps to just like word vomit at someone and have them kind of pick up the pieces and point out the themes. So having a sounding board um, to work with and and digest things can be helpful too. 
I absolutely love that. And I will pause just like we have so much other amazing things to talk about, but I will pause because I want to pick up where you left off here and say a lot of times we, especially as coaches, we have no problem investing in other coaches because we are in this space and we know the value of having somewhere to externally process all of the strategy and even to build in tactics in there that really work for us. And and that's, you know, an extra advantage of even doing like one-on-one coaching, right? A lot of times we dig into and feel like the big, you know, solutions to all of our problems is like getting the course on Instagram, like how to build or grow your Instagram audience or getting a course on how to use Pinterest for marketing or getting a course on how to build a digital course. But a lot of times we forget that some of the best ways that we can invest in ourselves is actually really getting the basics down because all of those other, you know, sexy strategies like growing your Instagram or using hashtags and stuff, none of that will be effective if where you're leading them to doesn't have good copy. So this is me also plugging that if you feel like your copy is not doing its job, if you feel like your copy isn't lifting its weight, if you are like banging your head against your computer and spending like way too many hours trying to write something, like this is like a stop, drop, and roll kind of moment where you kind of have to reassess and say, if I'm about to spend to learn Instagram and all my content kind of sucks and my, or I shouldn't say sucks. I mean, you're probably doing a great job, but if your content isn't actually doing what it needs to do for your business to get them off Instagram and into your programs, then you are not using your time effectively. And so I just have to agree with Audrey, like whether it's hiring a copywriter, whether it's learning copywriting yourself, like whatever it is, copy is so crucial to your business and it like it starts from you understanding that this is the strategy and that Instagram is the tactic, right? Instagram is not the strategy. LinkedIn is not the strategy. Pinterest is not the strategy. That is the platform. No matter where you go, you cannot escape copy. It will chase you everywhere you go. So you get Don't I know it, it girl. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely chases you everywhere you go. This oh, is yeah. the job. But it, it'll chase you everywhere you go, right? And so yeah. if you don't get this down, if you don't prioritize this, then your business will, you'll struggle to really make the most of the people you have in your audience, right? You'll constantly focus on growing your audience instead of using the, the awesome goldmine that you have already of people like listening to your content and getting excited about the work that you could do together. They just don't know where they're supposed to go next. They just don't know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. So, okay. We talked a little bit about injecting a little bit of personality but let's dig deeper one of the biggest questions that I see is like my copy's so boring I don't know how to put personality into it it doesn't sound like me and I know that you get this all the time because you and I talk first of all like what is this a symptom of like when people have this like whatever block what's happening and what can they do to work around that yeah so I think it just comes from like One, I think it comes from a place of feeling like you have to talk or write a certain way in business. So there's, you know, the outside pressure or the societal standards. There's that kind of piece of it. And there's the piece that is just fact that it's hard as hell to write for yourself. Like, you're just too close to it sometimes. Um, And I hear this from other, you know, copywriter friends of mine who... They're like, I love writing. Also, I hate writing. And um, so that's a part of it. And it's also 
just a matter of maybe you haven't done the work to get clear on what you want your copy to say and like the things that we talked about before what tone you want your copy to convey so first getting clear on all of that and then as far as you know what can you do to fix that I got tips on tips baby so and I do I I hear this all the time and clients come to me and just say that their copy feels robotic or monotone and doesn't sound like them and like I said, I think that really just comes from a place of feeling like there's a certain way you have to do it or not really knowing how specifically to make it sound like you. So like I said, start by creating a list of your isms, those words or phrases that you're always using, and keep a running list of them, whether it's a note on your phone or a post-it on your desk, um, and reference this list when you're writing copy for your business and start incorporating those words or phrases into your writing because that's a quick way to just make it more personal. Another exercise that's super helpful for some people is to actually start by speaking out loud instead of writing. So, Lindsay, I feel like this would work really well for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you um, so if you need to first start by jotting down in the general outline of the points or topics you want to hit so that you stay on track. And again, this can work for whatever type of copy you're writing. Um, and then find like there are free transcription apps on the App Store that you can use to record your speaking and they'll transcribe it for you. And from there, you can use that as like a super rough first draft to pull out words or phrases or sentences that really sound like you and then you can incorporate those into your final copy and then another thing to remember is that when it comes to the personality of your copy it's not just about writing words that sound like you and your brand and this is really important it's also about speaking the language of your ideal client so it's not just your personality that we're talking about. We're not just trying to inject your personality into your copy, but we're also trying to inject the personality of your ideal client. So a great way to do this is by incorporating the language that your ideal client uses. So conduct market research, um, scour the social media accounts of dream clients. I literally do this when I get, you know, in my in my questionnaire for new clients, I ask, um, if they can point me in the direction of any social media accounts of past or dream clients, or is there a blogger that all of their clients follow and just see like what they're saying, you know, are they saying babe, every other word, are they, um, you know, super religious and they have those like Southern Christian isms, um, you know, like what kind of, what kind of words are your ideal clients using? Um, market research is crucial for this. How do your ideal clients um, describe the problems that they're having? So anything to learn about the verbiage that your dream girl is using when she's talking about her pain points, goals, and aspirations, the more you can incorporate that into your copy, the better. Yeah, this is two things that stood out to me. The first one, speaking speaking out loud. This was a game changer for me. I, I like crafting I, I realized that I liked copy once I realized that I could talk first and get my thoughts out that way because for me I especially during quarantine I'm just like staring at a screen all day so it's been nice just to be able to walk around like talk into my my microphone and throw ideas out that way which has been and honestly it becomes so much more conversational 
because like try try typing the way that you talk it's so hard <laughs> without actually talking first or without being trained in that so that is something that I absolutely love Audrey it's such a great tip and you're right I I do love it and I use it all the time because I'm a talker and that's that's how I that's how I do the other thing though you know I love this because I talk about this all the time like use your damn customer's language and that doesn't mean that you have to lose yourself in that. In fact, if you've chosen a dream customer that really truly is your dream customer, this will feel so natural and it will feel so good to inject their language too. I think where this is super important, especially, is taking off your expert hat. Because a lot of times when we're writing copy, we think that we have to look a certain way. Again, this is this is to the, your earlier point, right? A lot of times... It feels forced because we feel like we have to show up as like the expert on everything or we have to like be above our clients or we have to bring them up to our level. And oftentimes it actually serves to create this weird barrier where that content feels really disconnected. And so the, the biggest thing that I think is important to inject your client's language is especially around their pain points and their how they describe their solution because when you're using jargon, when you're using language that they don't connect with or they, they may not even know the definition of, all of a sudden it feels really ro- – that's where it starts to feel really robotic. Like here are 10 steps to, you know, I, I can't even like think of anything. Like for example, using the word limiting belief to someone who doesn't know the word what the word limiting belief does will instantly get them away. But yes. if they know that it's like imposter sy- syndrome or like – you know, negative self-talk, talk. if they're using those language, like that language, those phrases, that's where we get to inject it and speak their language immediately so that they know, A, what we're talking about. But then we also have, we also have the opportunity to support them and help them from where they're at instead of talking over them and making them feel like it's inaccessible. Um, so I find that to be really, really important. I just wanted to add that because a lot of times we are our dream customer we th- or we think that we're our dream customer. But if that were the case, then they wouldn't need your help, right? So there is a difference between you and your dream client, even if they, they share 90% of the same traits. And usually the difference is the stage that they're at in business or the stage that they're at in life or their, whether or not they've achieved X result that you're helping them achieve. So think about where they were then, talk to where they are now, and make sure that you're using language that they that you would have known or that they know at this stage in their life, not that you know as expert, right? So maybe now you know what a limiting belief is and you can talk all the mindset jargon all day. But if they don't know that yet, they're lost. So I have to add that because this is something that happens all the time. Yeah. We forget. We forget what it was like to be in our client's shoes. And we lean into or hide behind the fact that we are we are our dream client and oftentimes that makes us complacent and not do the research. Um, I see that all the time. And doing the research is huge. I was, I'm in a, I'm in an Instagram course right now. You keep talking about the the Instagram course. I am too though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. shitting on it. Not, I'm not shitting on it to say that don't do that. I'm just saying like, if you don't have the strategy down, it's not going to help you. Right, right. So I, have to, I have to do my disclaimer. <laughs> but I'm in a course now that you know, just in the very first module is like, first, do your market research. And I know you're saying to yourself, self, I don't need to do my market research. I know exactly who my ICA is and I know what she eats for breakfast and cool. But also, can you put it in her words? Is she saying, I'm looking for copy that converts? Or is she saying, I wish I made more money? A bunch of people are going to my website, but no one is buying. That's what she's saying. So yeah. Do your dang research. Don't be lazy about it. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's some tough love from Audrey right here. Do your dang research. <laughs> don't be lazy about it. I think that should be on a t-shirt. It's um, also me at me. Like I need to It's take the vegetables advice. of business. Honestly, market research is the vegetables of business. Like no one really wants that first, but there's probably a few people who are like geeking out over it. And those mm-hmm. are like the vegans. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like obsessed. I get it. Like market research is the vegetables of your business. It is not fun, but it, well, I shouldn't say it isn't fun. You can make it fun. Yeah. It can be damn fun if you're using it also as a tool to just engage with potential leads, right? Like yeah. don't do it for the, for the purpose of a sale. It will be awkward and you won't get good information, but it's okay to do it with the purpose of building your community and opening yeah. up conversation. And a lot of times a really good market research conversation, especially if it's a one-on-one convo can lead to a really wonderful relationship that leads to a client someday. So I think also looking at the bigger picture of it and and understanding that it doesn't just serve your business like, you know, a vegetable serves your body, but it also can be really delicious. It can be really fun if you're, if you're incorporating it in ways that actually are exciting and fun for you. So if you like being on Facebook and you enjoy posting in Facebook groups, like use that as a starting point to open up conversations and ask people, how would you like to feel? I literally did this today. I posted like, how do you want to feel when you're creating your offer? And you get some crazy answers. One lady today said she felt orgasmic. That was great. I was like, don't know what you to do go, with girl. this. You go, girl. You go, That's great. <laughs> Love that for you. But okay, hey, is that bold and brazen? I think yes. so. Like, at the end of the day, it's like okay, well, a bold and brazen woman just told me she wants to feel orgasmic. So how can I, how can I make this into coffee? Right. I mean, I would have never come up with that. But at the end of the day, like I, I know what it feels like to, like, be on fire when you're writing, when you're creating an offer and feeling like, oh my gosh, all of my ideas finally I can put them into into words. But I wouldn't have thought to put it that way, and I, I probably won't. But I will take that and I will frame it into words that maybe yeah. sound a little bit more like me. And so that that can be a fun way to do market research, right? I love talking to people. I have no problem hopping on a Zoom call for twenty minutes with someone and, and like picking their brain. Which, by the way, if you struggle to do market research, this is like my absolute favorite thing. This is what I like went to business school to learn how to do. Like, hit me up. We can talk about it. But it doesn't have to be the vegetables of your business if you if you make it fun. And, you know, in Audrey's words, do your damn market research. Don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the tweet. Um, okay. Well, okay. So now we've done the research. We know, let's just say, we've done the research. We know who our ICA is. We feel really confident about who our brand is, who we represent, what our brand voice represents. Now, how do we make sure that that copy is actually converting into sales? So it's not just like sounding, you know, personality packed, but it also does exactly what you say you do, Audrey, which is to create more impact and make more money. Like, how do we make that happen in our in our copy? Loaded question. <laughs> so no pressure. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, that's it though, right? Like, at the end of the day, if our copy isn't converting, it's not doing our job. We're not making money. We're not making impact. We're not reaching the right people. Ultimately, we want to communicate to our audience or community that, one, they have a problem if they're not aware that they have one. Two, we can solve that problem. And three, that our solution is right for them specifically. So people buy for two reasons, to feel less pain or to feel more pleasure. That's it. That's why people buy. It can take different forms. It, you know, might be varying degrees of pain or pleasure, but that's why people make purchasing decisions. So... I mentioned, you know, we've talked about the importance of your ideal client and knowing all about their struggles and goals. 
So when you can speak directly to their pain points by literally calling them out and then painting a picture of what life could be like without those problems and with your solution, like with your offer, you start to open their eyes to what is possible. You start to make them aware that it doesn't have to be this way. So that's one, that's kind of one key principle is, you know, and we can do this with integrity. We don't want to abuse this at all, but agitating those pain points um, before introducing your solution. So another thing to consider is, and this is crucial, where your reader is in the buyer's journey. So like I said before, are they aware that they even have a problem or do you need to do some educating first? Um, educating them with that, you know, pain point agitating content um, and, you know, content that points out, hey, this is an area of opportunity in your life or in your business. And, you know, where are they um, in the kind of awareness funnel? And also, like, where are they coming from? If it's an Instagram caption, are they in the middle of their doom scroll, like what's going on in their life that they landed on this page? If it's a sales page, you know, are you funneling leads in from a Facebook ad? And, or are you only funneling people in from your email list? Um, you know, do people already know who you are? Do people already know, like I said, that they have a problem? Like there's all these important things to consider. And when you start to consider those, you can craft your messaging around like, can, you know, consider those when you're crafting your messaging. I had such an aha moment when you said, where are they coming from? This piece is such, this is so good. When you first said that, I first just thought about like calls to action. Like literally just thinking about like, is someone who is, you know, on like sc- doing the do- like doom scroll, are they really going to stop and click the link in the bio? Maybe, maybe they will, but it's probably easier for them to leave me a comment yes, or just click to DM me than it is for them to click out of their scroll, go on to So sometimes I think about that too. I mean, I, I know that you're, you were, you were mentioning this in another way and I like absolutely love your example that you used from the, for the website and like coming from an ad, but even just thinking about this bigger picture and the strategy that you use to, to do the calls to action and to lead them to the next stage of like, what's going to be convenient for them? Are we making their lives harder? Are we making it hard for them to take that next step with us? Are they having to like search and put in a bunch of labor? Because if that's the case, it's like, it's not going to do its job. Yeah. But I love your other piece of like being self-aware of what they know about you right now and where they are in their journey. And the other piece I wanted to call out too, Audrey, was I'm hearing you say like, there's kind of a couple different things that you can do in your copy, right? Like, and you might have a, you might have an Instagram uh, post that does like the problem awareness piece of like helping them understand what their problem even is or that they even have a problem. You might have another post that talks about, um, here's how you can start solving your problem. And then you might have another post that's like, okay, here's the solution. It's me. And that you don't have to do all three of those things that in one post or in one, you know, piece of copy that you can, your copy should create an ecosystem almost like there's a puzzle and each piece of copy fits and to make sure that you understand where they're at in each of those pieces of copy. And if one is a story or, you know, a, um, a video that you're creating and one is a post, a static post, and another is a then a website or a landing page that you, you send them to from, from the link in your bio, like that there's a story that it creates. It's not just like one chapter, one chapter, one chapter, but it's like it creates an entire story. Yeah, I loved the ecosystem comparison. Like that is what it is. And all of these things are important and it's also 
Um, I mean, I guess the exception would be a specific email sequence or something like that where you know exactly where someone is in the funnel. But if, if we're talking like social media captions or something like that, or your website where people could be finding you from all different areas, like you don't know where they are maybe in the buyer's journey. So you have to account for the fact that maybe this person's been following you for two years and maybe they've been following you for two days. Um, so kind of finding the, what is it, the lowest common denominator or, you know, finding like meeting people where they are, knowing that there are going to be people who are in different, different stages. Absolutely. So I think I stopped you mid, mid sentence, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious is the answer then once you're going to get the, the underlying strategy, like what are we talking about in our copy at the end of the day? Like, are we selling our program? Are we selling our, the results? Like what are we selling to them to actually make this copy feel conversational and natural, but also like give them the nudge do, that they need to sell. do its job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah, that's huge. It's important to sell the transformation, not necessarily the product. So I've seen this, uh, the comparison drawn to, um, sell the destination, not the airplane. Um, so you're not focusing on the benefits of your product or I'm sorry, you're not focusing on um, the features and the details of your product or service, you're focusing on the benefits. Um, so people don't care about all the features and details of your program or your course. They care about the transformation that the program is going to facilitate in them. So that's not to say that you shouldn't talk about the details or features. You want to talk about them, but you always want to connect them to a benefit and contextualize them in terms of what they do for them. What do these details or features do to benefit the reader, your ideal client? And um, kind of recognizing and identifying how the pieces of your program work together to create the transformation or end result. Um, so that's kind of one big piece of it is that, you know, especially like I'm, I'm working on a sales page now and, you know, I'm, I'm rewriting it from what the client had done before for a previous iteration of the program. And there was just a lot of focus on like, well, in this module, we're covering this, this, and this, and these are your bonuses. And again, it's, this is not to say like, leave those out because you can't and you shouldn't, but it's saying like, you'll have six weeks of Voxer support so that you feel, you know, supported and cared for throughout your journey. You'll have access to our Slack channel so that you'll have a community of like-minded women who can, you know, bolster you throughout the process. So it's, it's tying the, the, the benefit or the, um, features and details in with the benefits and the transformation. Um, that's kind yeah. of like the high level goal. The so what I call it the so what, like anytime you put a piece of information, ask, so what, and if what you already have written doesn't answer that, so what, then it is your duty to answer it yourself. No one really cares. And I'm, I'm really glad that you use kind of a, like a coaching example because no one really cares that you get, you know, that it's on Voxer or WhatsApp or whatever. No one really cares about the coaching sessions. They do, but they don't care. They're not buying 12 coaching sessions from me, right? They're buying the transformation that I'm helping them achieve. And if they can do that in six sessions or 12 sessions, like they don't care. They just want the transformation. They're not sitting here looking at 
um, all these different programs and saying, I really want a 12 session program. Where can I find it? Yeah. I really want a Voxer program. Where can I find it? Right. They're saying, I need to figure out how the hell I'm going to turn the ship around and start making consistent sales so that I can pay my damn bills. And so I'm not so stressed out about like my partner asking me when I'm going to get a real job. Like those are the things that are going through the yes. head. The yes. other thing I want to say is like a lot of times we're afraid to name their most painful thing. And to your point earlier, you made, you made the point like we don't want to take advantage of that, right? We don't want to be sleazy about that. And I completely agree. But we also want to show the vulnerability of where they're at so that we're creating an open space where we can just be honest about the shitty aspects of the pains that we're in. And if what your clients are consistently telling you is that they are crying on the kitchen floor, like not sure how they're going to pay their bills because their business is in like that much repair, whatever, if you're a coach, you know, business coach, you owe it to them to say like, I see you. I see that you're crying. I see that you're in this bad situation. I've been there. I've worked with people who are there and I'm happy to be there for you and calling that out and calling that transformation out from where it's starting and where you're going to take them in very uh, visceral, emotional, evocative words is important. Yes, absolutely. And that kind of brings us to two key points of effective copy. One is it's emotional as hell. And two, it makes them jump out of their seat and say, holy shit, that's me. Like you're yeah. talking to me. Um, so when you can do both of those things in one by saying, I see you on the kitchen floor and I've been there, but I know how to get you out of there. Yeah. They say, oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, they exhale and they say, that's me and I need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's huge. Someone's speaking my language finally. Like that's, right. it's that feeling of recognizing that finally someone's, I mean, think about all the times that you've like scrolled through Instagram and I've seen all of these like overnight success coaches and just felt like, oh my God, that is so unrelatable. Like here I am seven months in barely, you know, scratched the surface of like, maybe I made two sales and I like, they negotiated me down half my price or whatever. And you're sitting there and you're like, how can I even start a conversation with someone who won't even recognize that like, this is what it's like, right? So it's kind of your duty. You know, I know that a lot of us don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable as women, especially, I think we're taught to not make people feel uncomfortable. But if you look at it from another perspective and say like, I want to make sure that they understand I know what they're going through, because if they don't know that I get it, they're not going to believe that I can help them through it. And they're not going to be able to show up as their full selves feeling everything that they feel, right? If I was with my business coach and I constantly had to pretend that I wasn't experiencing the challenges that I was experiencing, she wouldn't be able to help me, right? If I didn't call her and say like, oh my God, I'm freaking out about X, Y, and Z, she wouldn't be able to help me. And if you're not creating a space where people can be vulnerable, if you're not creating an emotional space where people can feel like they can relate to your content or relate to the things that you're saying, then then they're not going to want to work with you only because they're going to be intimidated or they're not going to feel like you have you have what they need. They're going to feel like it's for someone else more advanced with fewer problems, right? And that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot of like the basics to get people up and running, just feeling more confident, at least building their strategy for for how they want to approach approach copywriting right? Figuring out they know their ICA. And once they know their ICA, they know that they need to do research to get their language written down. They know that they need to really create a cohesive brand voice that's really going to feel like it completely screams them and their personality, especially those of us who are building personal brands, which as a coach, that's, that's 
probably like 99% of you listening are building a personal brand. We've talked about kind of getting over some of the, the common like writer's blocks, which is oftentimes like not feeling like you can inject the personality, struggling to really get that sales aspect in there, which is honestly like it's not copy if it doesn't sell, period. So the last big author's block, writer's block that we get when we're writing copy or that I see a lot of people writing copy are struggling with is that consistency piece, you know, not just consistency of, you know, showing up as the same person every time that you're talking, but also showing up and being able to get inspiration, you know, and I know some people preach, you know, doing like a big day of writing copy for the the rest of the month. Like I try, I just can't do that all in one day. I know some people are like, only write when you're inspired. So like, what's, what's your hot take? What can people do to start feeling a little bit more inspired to post more consistent, consistently, write their content more consistently, email more consistently, wherever they're writing their copy and, and also feel like each time they do it, it's not just fluff. Like it's actually serving purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I struggle with that too, even as a copywriter, like I, still wake up some days and I'm like, I haven't posted on Instagram in five days. What the hell am I going to post? You know, so one, just know that you are like, so not alone. Um, two, I think the more you write, the more you write, the more you write, the better you write. Like practice makes progress. And I think getting in a routine or having that discipline of writing more frequently, um, can really help. So I personally stream of consciousness journal every single morning. Um, so that's like one way to start is just like some kind of writing every single day. I mean, we all write every single day, whether it's sending an email or, you know, posting on socials or whatever, but a couple of pages every day to just get it out, like get out what's on your mind. And something like that can be also effective at pulling out stories so I um, always recommend keeping a story bank somewhere to reference when you're stuck on what to share. So for me, this is as simple as a note on my phone that I try to update as often as I can um, with different stories or things that happen to me. And that way you have a place to turn when you're trying to think of interesting shit to post. Um, so that's, you know, a really good, you know, good tip and good way to to get in the practice of identifying those stories. Um, Also, you know, this isn't necessarily about creating that inspiration, but don't be afraid to repurpose content. Like, we don't work for Instagram. It's not our job to create content exclusively for them. It's our job to reach our ideal customer where they are. So, if you go live in a Facebook group on Monday and talk about pricing strategy, then go live on Instagram on Tuesday and talk about pricing strategy or create an Instagram post about pricing strategy on Thursday. If you write a blog post about avoiding burnout on Tuesday, you can talk about avoiding burnout on your podcast a week later. Like, remember that only a fraction of your followers are going to see your content. So while you might be afraid to share the same types of content or the same things in multiple places, what you're really doing is giving your audience as many chances as possible to consume the message you're sending, right? So you're doing your audience a service by recycling and repurposing content, and you're avoiding total burnout on the content creation hamster wheel. 
Yeah. And I, I, I want to like double down on this because a lot of times we're afraid to be repetitive because we think it's annoying. Repetition is what allows your clients, your potential customers, your leads to actually internalize stuff and learn, you know, to Audrey's point, like we, we know now with the algorithm, that like something like 10% of your, of your like followers, I don't know, you might know the number better than me, but like some very low percentage of your followers see your post when it's posted like this is just an Instagram example, but the same thing goes for if you post on, on Facebook, right? Like so few people see what you post right away. And then as more people engage, it gets pushed out to more people. So to just recognize that not everybody's going to see everything that you do. And even if they do, like even if 100% of your people saw everything that you do, it takes time to internalize the kind of stuff that you're teaching, especially if you're packing your stuff. Like I am notorious for this and this is something I'm working on. I'm notorious for packing probably too much into a post, too much into a a video, and knowing that it's also okay for you to think about a topic and do half of the topic on your Instagram live and then half of your topic in, in in a post later in the week. Like Audrey said, like, yes, you can repurpose the content and you can also just say, how would I talk for half the time and use this one script in two different places and then I get the added bonus of saying, if you want to hear the rest, go to this place, you know, sending them along the pipeline. I feel like there needs to be a little bit of permission giving to ourselves to just say like, we don't need to create a novel. Like we, we, we can select very specific places that we want to put our content out. And we can also say to it, we can also remind ourselves that like the more succinct our message is, the, the, the more we can boil down our message or whatever educational content or whatever we're sharing into a much more bite-sized and manageable piece, the better our clients will be able to, or our leads will be able to inject that, use that in their business, use that in their life, however they're using it, and actually get a quick win so that they start trusting us more and come back for more and like start binging our content too. So I love that. I think repurposing is important. And more than that, like likely your stuff can, you can probably like chunk it into even smaller pieces and it's okay. Yeah. And I think the thing is like, we're business owners, we're all super hard on ourselves and have these super high expectations, which like is fine, but you have to remember that you see yourself in a completely different way than other people see you. Like you see all of your stuff and you know the work that's going into everything, but not everyone else does. So, like you said, giving yourself that permission slip to just like chill. Yeah. <laughs> and like not do the most. Like that is that's huge. Yeah. Um So, okay, so kind of in the same vein of the content creation hamster wheel and how to help with that and avoiding burnout when it comes to your copy. So the the other thing that I would recommend is using, and this applies, like I said, I know we're kind of referencing social media a lot, but this can apply to blog posts and email newsletters and um, anything like that. But using content pillars when planning your content. Um, and this is, like I said, especially useful on your socials. So some examples of content pillars might be you or your team, your story, your offers, the results that you get clients, educational posts, entertaining or inspiring posts, things like that. And these are really just categories that you're using to inspire the types of content that you create. So you can rotate through these. So you're sharing something different every time you post while also painting a well-rounded picture of you and your business. 
Yeah, and for me, when I look at content pillars, I also take it as like, I look at it as also kind of themes or or vibes, if you will, if you yeah. want to be like super Gen Z about it. But just like areas that I want to highlight in my business. So for me, like I have made kind of this like transparency as one of my like pillars of just wanting to make sure that I talk about like me, my life, you know, being queer, struggling to start, you know, having to pivot in my business early on, you know, challenges that I had in my previous job and my corporate nine to five. Like for me, that transparency, like the the pillar doesn't just have to be like, I'm going to talk about offers, right? It can also be like a layer deeper. Um, And what are the kinds of things that you want your brand to be known for? Do you want to be known for pricing? Do you want to be known for your transparency? Do you want to be known for mental health on top of everything that you do? Like all that stuff is super important too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. It's not meant to keep you in a box. It's meant to inspire you. It's meant to say, okay, nothing's coming to mind. I know my content pillars are this, this, and this. Okay. Now I see, you know, an opportunity that I can share something. Um, so the other thing I recommend is to be super cognizant of the content that you consume, whether that's on socials or emails, wherever. So I always have to remind myself to create before I consume because if I scroll on Instagram for 30 minutes and then I try to come up with a post, I'll do the comparison thing or feel shitty about what I was going to share or I won't share it or I'm like, oh, well, she did it this way or whatever. That's so good. Um, yeah. It's totally okay to pull inspiration from other people's content, but I find that the line between inspiration and comparison can easily get blurred if you're not like super aware of how much time you're spending on socials or your thought process around consuming content. Um, yeah, that's good. Oh, that's such good advice. I need to, but, I need to heed that advice. Like, yeah. Well, yesterday. same, same, same. And I will say it can also be good to know like what types of content resonates with you. Um, why did I choose to check this email? What was it about the subject line that compelled me to click? Um, why did I save this Instagram post? And then using that information to improve your own writing and content creation, but mostly just knowing that like if you create before you consume, you are more likely to stay in your own freaking lane and stick with your voice and stick with your shit. And yeah, it's hard, but it's something I'm telling myself literally every day. And it honestly happens to me all the time. And what I will say is like, I'm the type of person who mirrors a lot. I, I know this about myself. I don't know if it's like the, the three in me or the fact, like, I don't know what it is, the, the Enneagram three in me. I don't know what it is, but it becomes really natural for me to adopt others' voices when I'm communicating with them. And I have to constantly take that into consideration because when I am consuming others' content, it can be so easy to want to just like try that hat on for size and to not stay consistent. And when you, Audrey mentioned at the beginning that like at the end of the day, like you have to have, you have to like stake a claim in what your brand voice is. If you're not the person who is able to be consistent so that every time your clients come to you or your followers come to you or your email list comes to you, they know what they're going to get. That's going to be confusing to them. So I love that you put that because I can see myself accidentally scrolling, looking at things that I like and saying, well, maybe I should try to do this differently and then not showing up like me. And then it just like completely defeats the purpose. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm the, I'm the issue when the issue is just that I'm not, 
I'm not doing me. I'm doing that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's not my business then. Right. You're, you're exactly right. This conversation, and I'm laughing because I'm looking at the time. This conversation was so good, and I kind of thought it would it would it would be a slightly longer conversation just because there is so much to talk about when it comes to copy, and we've only like scratched the surface on the yeah. very basics of how you can get started. But I'm hoping as you listen to this, you're getting some inspiration for how you can actually start building your own copywriting chops, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be some like big intimidating thing that literally anyone can write well but it does take a lot of the upfront work right like like Audrey mentioned a lot of it's research not just research on your client but also research on yourself and really like being willing to do the work ahead of time so that when you do sit down to write it's not some big laborious like challenge for you so I love this I do before we leave always love to ask like Audrey what's going on in your world what do you want the people to know And especially after they've gone through this, if they're listening to all this and they're like, oh my God, like I'm now realizing that my coffee game is weak. How can they work with you? How can they get better at this uh, for their own business? Yeah. So a couple things going on. I am currently booking VIP days in May. So I offer a copywriting VIP day where for one day, we exclusively work on your copy projects. So that's a super fun offer that I've been um, kind of building up over the last couple of weeks. And I have openings for the end of April and May. Um, But also I have a free resource that I just re-released that'll help you write an about page for your website that creates connection and converts your website perusers into customers. So that free resource is on my website at audreywillingcreative.com slash resources. Um, but I'm also on Insta at audreywillingcreative and um, like I said, audreywillingcreative.com. But I'm always sharing tips and tricks about copy and about how to, you know, all this stuff that we've talked about, how to be you in your business. Um, And I also wanted to share because it ties into a lot of the strategy that we talked about today. Um, I actually just came out with a blog post on six um, sales copy secrets. So that's also on my website, audreywillingcreative.com slash blog. So you can find that there. Um, But yeah, this convo was a treat. I feel like we covered a lot of really important ground. Um, but like you said, also kind of just scratched the surface. <laughs> so I know. I mean, it's, copy is like so, so, so important to your business. And I want to, I just want to highlight you guys. Like if you follow me on Instagram, then you know, Audrey, like oh, otherwise you're living under a rock because I repost so much of her shit because she does like she, she means it when she says she's a total bank of, of copywriting resources. Um, and She's amazing. And these VIP days, you guys, if you're sitting there and like you have not been able to like you've been staring at your sales page for like, you know, seven weeks and you still haven't made progress on it. Or if you've been wanting to get your blog up and running, but you want to make sure that like the first few posts that you post are like killer to really hook, you know, hook the audience. Or if you've just been like struggling to get a few posts out there and like break this like monotonous cycle of writer's block. This is a perfect day to just like knock out some of these projects that have been weighing on you. Get your like get that off of your chest and also learn the process of what it's like to work with the copywriter and actually like level up your business because ultimately copy is what's going to 
convert your leads to to sales. This is like one of the best investments you can make. So if you're struggling with those things, if you're sitting and thinking about it, like don't think any longer. Take my word for it. Audrey's amazing. Definitely take her up on that. All of the links that she that she mentioned, I will be posting in the show notes uh, that are under every page or every uh, episode of the podcast. So check those out. Um, but if you follow me at Forza Collective, F-O-R-Z-A Collective, like you literally can't not no, Audrey. I post about her all the time because she's like literally my best, my best business bestie. My yes. bestie business bestie. Yes. Bestie Besties for the resties. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much again for joining the Coach Boss Energy podcast. If this was helpful to you, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. And then join us in the Coach Boss Energy Facebook group. Audrey's a member there too. So if you want to follow up the conversation and connect with her, uh, join us at the Coach Boss Energy Facebook group on facebook which i literally just said okay cool (laughs) we'll see you all later and i hope you all have a great rest of your day 